Love Talk Radio. Friday once again. Welcome back into the breach. Uh, that was a song by the Braun Brothers. Um, it was a particular band that was in uh, Idaho in the 1980s. Um, and that was a song about an uh, area that uh, Doc Z worked in when he was a Forest Service park ranger. Um, I'll go ahead and bring him on here again. Doc Z, how are we doing? We're doing good. 13 miles up the Yankee Fork in Idaho. Well, I, I thought you would appreciate that little earbud by the uh, Brown Brothers there. Oh, I love that. Seeing them in the Plywood Palace was great. Um, as I remember, that was fun, but the drive to the Plywood Palace was 
pretty scary. I thought we were going to end up in the Snake River. Well, on that trip, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you remember the crazy Forest Service person that was driving us? <laughs> yeah, Nick. We, we, we got to partying early that day. That was scary. I'm sure that yeah, was so interesting. Yeah, so I um, put up a picture of Bonanza Guard Station there with you and I, and um, we had a friend who, in college, he was a river raft guide on the, was it the snake or the salmon? Salmon or river. And so he said, well, can you watch my dog this summer? So we we took his black lab, whose name was Blue, and we had the greatest adventures with blue dogs that summer in the mountains of southern Idaho, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good dog, yeah. So, Adrian, did you get the uh, email that I sent you earlier? Uh, Probably, uh, because I was putting some pictures together, I didn't have a chance to look at it. Sure. Um, I was just wanting to show a picture. I want to do a quick update uh, for those who follow me on my uh, Steel Rails podcast with Bailey and Lucas. Um, We received um, a locomotive sent to us from Iowa last night. She finally made it home um, into the roundhouse after about a week and a half uh, transit from Iowa. Go figure. Burlington Northern uh, right away, and they like to they like to take their sweet time. But uh, uh, EMD SDP forty number three twenty five in Great oh, Northern she, livery. Oh, she's probably sixties, okay, seventies, made in that era. Um, so she's in she's in the Great Northern paint scheme. Uh, and what I found out today is. Uh, there was, we can think of her full restoration because of an uh, anonymous donor uh, basically wrote a check and said, here, go get it done. How nice. Uh, well, that's amazing. So she got. So it's going to take a lot of money and time for restoring. Oh, definitely. Something yeah, like that. It'll be really cool. Something like that takes a number of years, um, mm-hmm. especially with the two-stroke diesels in there. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, he uh, volunteers at the St. Paul Train Museum. And so they have um, a track, several tracks out back. Yeah, we are, we are right off of a uh, two-place uh, two main line, uh, which I see Burlington Northern, UP, uh, Twin Cities, and Western mm-hmm. all use that right of way. Um, and that's actually how we get our equipment up to Osceola for our excursions. Um, but yeah, she came up from Iowa and we're going to put her on display and probably also use her as an excursion train up in Osceola pulling our great Northern, um, uh, cars, passenger cars. That's really cool. So I just wanted to let this listeners know and then also let them know tonight that we have um, started a pre-show series on the U.S. Forest Service. Uh, and last week, as a recap, we talked to Doc Z um, about his time in the uh, Forest Service as a wildland firefighter. 
And this week we're going to be talking to him about um, his his dual duty as a uh, park ranger in the Chalice National Forest. So, oh, there we go. There's your there's one of your patches. That's cool. Well, and you know what? Um, when he went to being a uh, from a firefighter to campground um, host, where we we have this guard station called Bonanza. Um, that's when I joined him. And so this was about 1982, right? I mean, this was like our honeymoon. It, yeah. it was absolutely stellar, breathtaking uh, mountain country. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah. We would sit on the, uh, this is the back of the house here, but we would sit on the front porch and look up across the river on a mountain across us, we could see uh, a, a wild goats running around, mountain goats running around up there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so this is kind of the, yeah, what Dan was talking about. <laughs> yeah, that front porch right there, we would sit there in the evenings and we would look across the mountain. There were a lot of mountain goats up here mm-hmm. across the way in that mountain. So as a as a ham radio enthusiast, I uh, is that a ham radio master? No, nope, that was just our uh, radio that we had with walkie-talkies that that gave us a boost to get up and over the mountain. Oh, okay, so just a so repeater. We could, yeah, we could we could contact you know anybody in the Chalice National Forest with that. Sure, but you didn't you didn't have like a HF set or anything on in the guard station. There was no electricity. Oh. So they blew up Sunshine Dam down on the on the river, and the whole Yankee Fork went without power. Uh, so when we were there, there was no power. We had uh, uh, a big gas tank out front, you know, mm-hmm. um, LP gas, and we had gas lights. <clears throat> we had a gas stove. We had um, gas heater, gas refrigerator. I mean, think about all the gadgets we have today, cell phones and everything. Our only means of communication up there was this Forest Service radio with mm-hmm. yeah. radio antenna. It was like a super, super walkie-talkie. And it was, I mean, we were like so relaxed, you know. And when you think about today where you can barely go home without, you know, having a connectivity to work or like I work at home, right. I teach college at home, and I'm always like, I'm always connected, you know, like this mm-hmm. office is my my work office, but it's also part of my home. So right. it's never totally separate. Um, there, the beauty of it was we, we could really relax. You could really do downtime. Right. Um, it was totally amazing. But, yeah, that antenna was our uh, for our only source of communication. We were miles up the Yankee Fork River. Pretty, um, pretty much wilderness area. It was absolutely gorgeous. So then that was like a shortwave or a UHF set? UHF, probably, yeah. Sure. Here we had uh, handheld radios, but this was a base station radio. Right. We had, um, we had, we have taken, we could take calls from other people with handhelds, um, yeah. um, and we we would transmit the weather to. Okay. Was it Chalice? <clears throat> um, yeah. 
I don't know. We don't have a picture of it, but there was a weather station on the side of the house mm-hmm. with different equipment, and and um, if Dan was um, Dan would do the daily weather. You need you have to read the clouds. Are they you know? I don't even remember the names. Are they the right. nimbus or you know what type of clouds do you mm-hmm. have? How much precipitation have you had overnight? Temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things. So these uh, flowers that are in the foreground, those are Chinese poppies brought <coughs> over by the Chinese immigrants who worked a lot in this area oh. when the area was built. As in poppy seeds? Correct. Chinese yeah. poppies. Down those, there. those are the poppies that they, is it, I mean, they derive opium and stuff like that from, of course, this is in the raw state, but they were really beautiful. Right. Yeah. So on that weather station, you had like an anemometer, you had... Um, yeah. You'd open up the box and there was all the tools. You had a clipboard, you had to sign in, and then you went, you know, instrument from instrument to instrument, what it all was. Mm-hmm. And then when you had it all written down, you'd call, you know, up to Chalice or 318, which was our Clayton Garden Station um, that we originated from and lived at for years, a couple of years before we came here. Because I know, you know, we, we touched upon on weather where, um, and this is a little bit different to, you know, talking between fire weather and, and normal weather of the day, but some of the, um, some of the uh, groundwork and the basic things that you do taking, you know, the weather, whether it be fire weather or, or a morning report are pretty much the same. Right. Yeah. Basically, I really don't, I didn't contact anybody unless they contacted me. And then the only thing that we really, you know, put out on there was fire <laughs> weather every day at 11. I, yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it around noon? And I know that if you were busy in a campground, um, you, you could uh, radio me to, to broadcast, go out and do the reading and broadcast it in. And I was yep. able to do that a couple times. So, Yeah. So was you two at the station, or did they have um, other groups come in and, and use that as like a uh, a touching off point, other uh, USFS workers? Well, um, so Adrian got to go work in Stanley, Idaho, at a mercantile, uh, which is like a grocery store, but it had all kinds of stuff, uh, well, for camping and whatever. Uh, so she would do that most of the time uh, during the day and then come home. And one of the best things about it, they would have cakes that had just expired from what they would they could sell, mm-hmm. and we got the cake home for a reduced price. So we ate well that summer. Yeah, they were pretty much close to free. And, you know, what's interesting now is, like, you pay more for aged steaks, aged meat. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be, like, right on the cusp of them turning and, uh, the owner of the store would just say, hey, guys, you know, we're going to mark these off for you. Well, and I mean, if so you ate a lot of good steak. If summer. you cook it good enough, you know, you're, you're not, mm-hmm. I mean, because you're killing it with germs, with, with fire. So. Well, and you know, those, those dates are a little, um, not always accurate, but usually 
you know, especially when you start thinking about canned food, you can use it longer than it than it does. So right. Um, but it was fun working because I worked at what was called the Sawtooth Mercantile, and we had everything from clothing to your outdoor camping needs, your wilderness equipment, your all your groceries. And um, Carol King, I never met her, but she lived down there. She had a place down there, and they would come in from her area, people to shop for her and stuff. Hmm. Um and the other thing I remember about working at the Mercantile was um, on the way home one time, and, you know, it was a good 30-mile, oh, you know, it took probably an hour to get home. To see this dog here, <laughs> he was um, he was out in, like, like, 10 miles from town. Walking along the road. From family, just jogging, jogging. And I, like, over our vehicle and I'm like, oh, you poor little dog, you know, I'll take you home, you're, you know, starving and all this. And, I, and um, I, get, I get home and I open the hatchback and Dan, Dan is like, that is a fat dog. That dog is not starving. <laughs> he had absolutely no collar or anything. So that's what we called him that summer was fat dog. And what I found out weeks and weeks later was that he was the town dog. And nobody in particular owned or claimed them, but he would rotate houses and rotate people. And so I ended up returning him to the town. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was Fat Dog. Nice. And Dan is gold panning here, <clears throat> which is really an interesting I – don't, I don't want to say it was a dichotomy, but it was a different – it was different because um, Dan represented the, kind of like the law to these gold miners, you mm-hmm. know. And so with your Forest Service uniform on, you just had to be careful. These guys had claims and stakes for their gold. And um, Dan, Dan, I know, was involved in some espionage trips during the night to see if they were dumping tailings in the stream. So maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom and I, Tom was in the, in the area when we were Tom there. Who worked I'm like a yeah. yeah, from Pine Island, Minnesota. Shout out. <laughs> um, and so we had gone to school together at the University of Idaho, and he was in forestry and I was in geology. Um, so, anyways, um, he's out tromping around in the woods, you know, measuring forestation and things like that, whatever. Um, and, and I'm looking at scat. Yeah, yeah, all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, measuring trees and the three-finger forage finder, four-finger forage finder. Mm-hmm. And you set up and you can measure everything that's inside. Oh, okay. Sampling size. Anyways, I do. I do. Um, so, yeah, on my days off that I had a day off, um, I would uh, you know, just go out and do some gold panning or go hiking or go explore some of the old cemeteries and things mm-hmm. that are around there. If you poke through the old ruins uh, of the mine. Well, and I'm sure there's there, a lot there of history in that area. We were asked to go on. I don't know. Maybe can't talk about it from the Forest Service, but. No, that's fine. Um, where you and Tom had like a top secret little mission you had to do. 
They had, an, they had a pretty good idea that one of the miners up the up the um, up the I forget what fork Yankee that one is here. Not the Yankee Fork. It comes off the Yankee Fork, and as you're heading up towards towards um, Clayton, uh, Clayton Bonanza. As you're heading up there, just past Bonanza, where we live, mm -hmm. you turn left. There was a, there was a, a really rugged uh, trail that went up around there, and it would get washed out from time to time uh, because the, the amount of water coming down. If it was if there was a high high rainfall up in the mountains, that would come washed it out. But um, they had an idea of of who the miners were that were dumping tailings, and they shouldn't be dumping tailings. Tailings should go into a pond and settle yeah. out first, and then you jump those. Yep. So they asked us if we'd go grab a couple samples on the down low and um, bring them back. So and you're crossing into, like, claiming territory to do that, right? No, we were just on a regular Forest Service road. Mm -hmm. But the tailings go into the river, the river flows down, and, the, and that little river... Uh, flows into the Yankee Fork, and so I just, you know, grabbed a couple of bottles and was in the back of Tom's truck, and Tom kind of drove on up, and then we figured a good spot, and then I just kind of bailed out and followed right on into the stream edge there, and <laughs> we went up about a mile, turned around, come back, and by that time I had collected my sample, jumped in the back of the truck, and then we hauled ass out of there. Oh, sorry. Well, that's okay. We moved. Yeah, you're okay. The language is um, on vacation right now, so there's right. no penalty for that. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned that level of um, that level of of you know doing doing things in secrecy uh, because mining is big not only in Idaho but in Alaska and there's the same thing in Alaska where miners really don't take well to the authorities not only the, no. the USFS but the the mining board and all that because they think they're yeah. just there to stop them we're from getting, doing what they're doing claim jumper. oh yeah claim jump is a big thing out there yeah so you know somebody's trespassing on your claim you got the right to dissuade them from coming back right and uh well, and that's what i was worried yeah i mean a lot of people say her that you know they they were self-armed and you know you can see that being in the wilderness but i was just a little nervous that dan had to go like do the secret missions on these miners well for, for the first time i'm like it was exciting right so yeah. I see I, I see a vehicle in the background and I kinda of remember that. Why don't you why don't you tell us and that looks like your personal vehicle? That is my old yellow car. Just like the Dan Seals thought. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom seventy two mega wagon. Nice. Hey. We had a lot of adventures on that. Oh my gosh, yeah. It made a few trips from Minnesota to Idaho back. Twenty-one and a half hours straight through. We lay the back seat down and then crash out in the back. So we take turns driving. Nice. When well, isn't there that country song about your old Vega wagon yep. or something? Dan, Dan Seals. Old yellow car. Old yellow car. Yeah. yeah. So speaking speaking of the Forest Service, um, did they 
did they give you transportation or did you have to use your personal vehicle? Uh, on the the year that I got the guard station there, I got a vehicle. Okay. It was a little Dodge D50 round. Yeah, this is a cute, this is called Bonanza Station. No kidding. Um, I don't have a picture of it, but um, in the front of the guard station, there was this, uh, like, you know, maybe 25 yards from us with this big garage, and then on the other side of it, they had yeah, housing for their volunteers. Okay. And yeah. there were two women that summer, I don't remember their names, they were very sweet, that were volunteers. And um, one night over the Forest Service radio, they were screaming, and they said, you know, somebody's trying to get in, somebody's trying to get in. So Dan grabbed a shotgun, Blue Dog follows Dan, and they both go out the door and leave the door open, and I'm like, what am I, top liver? I'm like, okay, you guys, you know. Um, and then what it was, it ended up being uh, a bear. Mm-hmm. And so they brought this a big brown bear. bear. Mm-hmm. Put a big bear trap out for it, but it never... Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.